Do not disregard your knowledge from the past. You might use it someday. Pretty incredible, huh? How that sometimes kind of creeps up on you. Like something you thought you left. You walked away from. You no longer do. Or something you just plain kind of withered away in your life. And you no longer study it, really, but uh, you gained a lot of knowledge doing something. And, uh, well, someday that knowledge might come in handy. And and I'll tell you exactly that that's something that has completely happened to me. Um, You know, I grew up on a dairy farm, and when when I eventually kind of just walked away from the dairy farm, I mean, just gave her up and no longer did any of that whatsoever um it was it was knowledge i had and pretty much something i thought it would never come to use for me ever again in my entire life and here we are uh many many years later more than 20 years later and uh, the love of my life is getting into dairy all on her own and here i am kind of I don't have a, a plethora of knowledge in the subject anymore, but uh, I have enough to get us by. And I know a lot of the little things that, you know, that get you where you want to go in some instances. You know, like, like milking procedures and, and uh, just, just a few dumb things that I just somehow retained... And right now when I squat underneath a cow and throw on the milker, it's something that I've done millions of times. But when I do it now, I don't do it in a state of a stupid teenager that did not care anything about it. So now it's, it's a lot different. And it's, I'm just really glad that I, it's a completely different atmosphere totally different attitude and it's it's just something that I never in a million years thought I would ever revert back to and it's 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 kind of a joy actually because uh well as you all know I completely just adore my wife and if it's something that she enjoys and really likes doing um if there's something that I can assist her in in doing that it makes it a great endeavor, you know? So uh, someday all that information that's in your head and all those habits and all those things and rituals and, and something you got knowledgeable in and just had to leave, you might appreciate that again someday. And right now I'm in, that, I'm in those boots right now, basking in appreciation for something that I honestly thought I would never even touch again. <laughs> I mean, there was a few years there where I didn't even hardly drink milk, let alone know I would be into the dairy thing. And uh, those of you who uh, step back into that someday, God bless you, and I hope you, I hope you uh, ni- uh, smile and nod during that pivotal moment when you realize you just walked right back into that. And it's a totally different atmosphere and better atmosphere for you. 
Welcome to the Poultry Homestead Podcast, everybody. That's my four-minute introduction. And I appreciate you tuning in today. Um, there's definitely a place in, in, in my wife and I. Uh, Valonia Farm is our farm, and that is uh, there's definitely a place in our life for dairy now. Uh, a year ago, I would have never, ever told you that there was a place for that. You know, it was just kind of a thought in our household, and my wife is a big uh, maker of things happening, happening, and a taker of action. And uh, that's that's exactly where it put us. It, it just put us right in the in the middle of a shitstorm of uh, micro dairy, and it's kind of what we're running. I mean, you can say you have a family milk cow, but once you multiply that and get a second family milk cow, in my opinion. That's a micro dairy. Heck, even your first milk cow is a micro dairy. And those of you who only want one milk cow, I completely understand 100% why you would do that. And if you have a family milk cow and you're not selling raw milk to other people and only using it for your own use, God bless you. You know, I mean, it's not about how big you are. We're definitely not measuring the dick of how big your dairy muscles are. Uh, we are we are here together uh, forming into a community of people that are getting into dairy. And those of you who are not into dairy, there might be a little bit of knowledge, just a, a, a small bit of knowledge in, in these podcasts about dairy that you might take away into your homesteading. Whether it's goats who would give a couple cups or a cow who will give a couple gallons or more um, on either end of that spectrum, we're, we're in this and we're gathering milk for our own use. Um, you know, you, if you get into you know, goats, there's one thing you will know or, or find out. It's a little bit harder to separate cream off goat milk because goat milk is not is it's kind of naturally homogenized. Now, homogenized milk means you mix it all together. The cream will not float to the top anymore. Okay? And goat milk is naturally homogenized. So, you don't get much of a cream line on goat milk. Now, if you were go to go out and uh, milk our cows all the way out and uh put those jars in the fridge a day later you'd have yourself a hell of a cream line because that's that's the gold that my wife's milk and and for me too uh, that's the gold we're looking for that cream what floats to the top the best shit floats to the top in our opinion but if you're into making mozzarella you don't have to have you don't have to use milk with cream in it if you're going to make butter, you only use the cream in it, you know. So there's a lot of recipes and ideas and, and stupid little things that, that you'll find out when you're getting into the whole dairy thing that uh, what people make good use for. But dairy's busy. Uh, as far as our homestead goes, dairy is probably the biggest, most shocking, catastrophically large thing 
that we do and put our energy into. Chickens were just easy, and chickens still are. Uh, even meat birds, just easy, really easy. So this dairy thing has been a definite commitment to our homestead. Uh, from the husband to the wife that does most of the milking to the daughter that doesn't really milk a whole lot, uh, there's definitely sacrifice and commitment that goes into that. And I'm not really going to get far into that today, but I'm going to tell you a little bit of history in our dairy in the last 11 months or so. Um, my wife went out to a friend's place, you know, she definitely wanted to get into some type of dairy. You know, and at first, you know, we were kind of thinking smaller things, like goats. You know what I mean? And getting into goats, you know, I mean, that's that's some, that's cool and everything. We didn't really, we, we don't to this day have any goats. But we thought dairy goats would be kind of a more manageable, easy thing to do. And something that we might be able to handle. And milking wouldn't take a long time. And we wouldn't buy a milker at all. We'd just hand milk and this that and the other thing it'd be just a slam dunk you know something that we can we can do ourselves you know well lo and behold she went out to visit a totally awesome friend and like a very just real go-getter homesteader family that uh, we are really good friends with out in Oregon and uh, you know this this lady out there that my wife is friends with uh, it's a good friend and they uh, you know she let her do the whole milking thing with her for a few days. And my wife came back all wide-eyed and ready to get a family milk cow just like this lady had. And uh, it's a jersey, you know, and this, this uh, totally awesome family had a couple jerseys at the time. And, you know, she was teaching her about calf sharing and about how to milk when to milk, what she does when she milks, how to get it all set up, what to do, how to do it, uh, what they like, what they don't like, and just kind of bringing her into that for a few days. She was just amazed, and, and it really left a very lasting impression on her, you know. So with that lasting impression, she came home, and she talked to me about it, and I said, well, let me talk to somebody at work who's into dairy cattle and, and, and into dairy and we'll see if we can hook you up. Well, he hooked her up with his buddy and they, er, he had a Jersey milk cow for sale, a good one. Her name is Buttercup. And, you know, long story short, a few weekends of building in the barn and doing this, that, and the other thing and getting a place ready for a family milk cow. Bam, we got a family milk cow bestowed upon us. Now, the first day, you know, the first evening was our evening milking. And, of course, I was going to be there to help her, you know. So we got there and got in there and started doing this evening milking the very first time. And let me tell you, folks, that milking took probably two and a half hours. It took a really long time. And we were, you know, she wouldn't let down. We were trying to get her milked out. We don't want to ruin the cow. We want to do it right, and we want to get everything we need. And she had a really good um, idea as to what needed to be done, but she didn't 
you know, I mean, there's just stupid little things you don't know um, about the day-to-day and this and that. So, I mean, we were we were doing okay. And then, you know, next day, you know, we were just taking two hours. Then we were down to an hour and a half. Then it started working its way down. And then my wife was milk, milking by herself eventually. And it took her two hours when she was doing it by herself at first. But then it just kind of necked down a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And pretty soon, I mean, she was down to hook, line, and sinker, an hour of milking. And that included filtering the milk, getting it in the fridge, and cleaning out the barn stalls. Hour and a half. (coughs) Now, before, the two hours was just milking. So that was a pretty big deal. It was really hard to swallow. And, uh, you know, she'd do it twice a day. And then there was times when I would come and I would help her you know and when I would come and help her um it would cut our time way down you know and the cow got used to us and uh everything was all greedy great well next thing you know I mean we're we got this dairy cow and uh, she's coming into heat and we need to get her bread so last fall late in the fall we got her bread and right now she is that particular dairy cow is down to once a day and she will be drying up next month. Um, you know, you, you keep them dry for about two months before they have their calf. Uh, let their body rest and let them grow a calf. You know, put the food energy into that. Now, you know, we were thinking for a long time, you know, while the cow was bred for a few months, you know, there, there are other dairy cattle available and she, her client base uh, for raw milk was growing exponentially uh, to the point where there was getting to be, you know, two or three brand new customers a week for a month or two there. And that's, that's a lot of milk. I mean, these are not every week milk buying people, but it is clients nonetheless they don't come all the time but they do come sometimes you know uh, for a treat or when they want to make their own butter or when they want to take milk to a family gathering or if somebody comes over you know for entertaining whatever it may be some of these people come every week and some of them come once in a while it's a health food you know there are many benefits to raw milk uh, if you do your work but um so we were coming up with the idea that, you know, I mean, if we were to keep these clients and if we were to keep milking, you know, for our own good, um, you know, our own use, there's a possibility we should probably get a second milk cow. Now, this farmer that we talked to had a production dairy, not a, not a large dairy by any scale. But it was a dairy nonetheless. And, you know, with um, a bunch of cattle, um, I don't know how many exactly, I think it was 20 to 50, somewhere in there. You know, and they, you know, it was a conventional dairy. And in a tie stall barn. And so these cattle were perfect for us because you could put a halter on them, tie them up, or handle them and lead them around. They were used to it. It was something that they, they, they liked, you know, and they were used to it. So here about last weekend or so, 
Was it last weekend? Yeah, I think it was last weekend. Um, we got Blossom. Now, she's coming off a of production dairy. Uh, she's a wonderful Jersey cow as well. Uh, we have Buttercup down to once a day. Blossom is a relatively fresh cow, which means she had a calf in March. Um, that doesn't qualify her as a fresh cow. She is relatively fresh compared to what we had for Buttercup. Now, Blossom is giving a lot of milk. She's giving in the neighborhood of five gallons to seven gallons a day. Okay? Coming off this production dairy, yes, she will go down. The first day we milked her at home here, she did not give that much because she just plain did not let down all the way. She did not at all. The next morning after that, she overflowed our smaller four-gallon bucket. Now, this is not in one milking that she's giving five to seven gallons. This is in a day. So she can give two and a half to three and a half gallons for milking. Luckily, though, however, we do have a larger bucket, you know. So what we do when we milk both of them, you know, in the evenings we are milking two cows. So what we're doing is we're using the four-gallon bucket for Buttercup, who only gives two and a half gallons. Um, and we are using a larger bucket, which is, I think, a six-gallon bucket. And we use that for our other dairy cow, Blossom, who gives in the neighborhood of two and a half to uh, almost four gallons sometimes during a milking. So long story short, I mean, we are getting in there. Um, we, we did hand milk until about three weeks ago. And then we used the machine, we quit using the machine, then we started using the machine again. We weren't quite sure if we were going to use the machine. Um, you know, machines are, are kind of expensive. Uh, it's a good product to have around, you know, especially when we're buying cows off of a production dairy. But, um, you know, it was just something that we did not necessarily know if we wanted to do, if we were into having. But now that we have Blossom and she's giving so much milk, Thank heavens we're not sitting down for an hour and a half trying to squeeze four gallons of milk out of a cow, you know. Even though she lets down really good and she has extra large or much larger teats than uh, Buttercup does, you know, which would be easier to milk. Um, long story short, I mean, it just does not take very long to milk her with a machine at all. It only takes a... I think I made a video of... Uh, my wife milking Blossom the other day, and it only took six minutes, you know. So, yes, we are using the machine. We decided uh, yesterday or the day before that the machine is here to stay. It does not necessarily mean that we will always be using the machine. Uh, my wife has been using, you know, like organic soap and uh, non-conventional corrosive cleaning methods that are uh, very normal for... Um, you know, big time, you know, dairies. Uh, we're just trying to do it in a, a more natural method. And, um, you know, it's really turning out that we get a wonderful product um, that we enjoy and our customers are just loving it. And we have a, a heck of a lot more to sell. We actually had to start turning down customers before we got Blossom because, you know, Buttercup getting down to about two and a half gallons a day that's that's going to you know I mean she was giving four gallons a day uh, peak when we got her 
and uh, getting down to two and a half gallons a day, that's a significant decrease in weekly sales. You know, if you add all that up. Uh, we sell milk by the half gallon. And uh, my wife is currently moving her price up a buck a half gallon uh, next month. So it's a good time time to do it, I figure. Uh, she figures as well. Uh, we're, we're really enjoying this. It's actually working out very well for us. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of a short history of what we have been doing and how we've kind of molded into what we are as a dairy right now. Uh, milking both cows and filtering the milk and cleaning the machine and everything, you know, it does not take that much longer than hand milking one cow was and then filtering it. You know, you're kind of on the go-go a little bit, and um, you're out there. You can get her done. I mean, it's it's definitely not hand milking. We are using a machine. But you know what? At the end of the day, um, we're getting twice the milk in the same amount of time, you know, as milking one. So I think it was a good decision. So far, we're, we're doing all right. It seems okay for us. Um, if you have any questions about this now this was just kind of a very overview type of thing that i was i was explaining to you about uh our history in the dairy there's a lot more you know finer points i probably could have went over and if i ever get a chance to interview my wife on the podcast who uh i don't know i think i gotta get a couple cocktails in her before she's gonna be doing any mainframe interviewing on this podcast which is fine you know i mean uh, she's got a wonderful personality and she'd be a great co-host to a podcast but uh right now is not the time and that's okay so anyway if you have any questions please connect with me my email is ziggy underscore at ya uh ziggy underscore 519 at yahoo.com Sorry for the fumble there. But, uh, yeah, let's hook up. I mean, any questions, anything you want to talk about, if you would like to be showcased on the podcast, that would be a wonderful thing as well. We could do it over Zoom or a phone call. Um, Yeah, there is a lot of things, you know, that dairy has done for our family. It's definitely the most catastrophically large thing and uh, committed thing and definitely devoted thing that we have contributed to to our homestead so far. But uh, the rewards and the people we meet and the friends we make and the customers we have have been a huge blessing. Because people can buy eggs anywhere, but can you buy milk and eggs from a homesteader? Think about that. Anyway, glad you tuned in today. And uh, God bless you. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful wonderful Cinco de Mayo tomorrow. Anyway, suppose I better get going. Things are looking good. Anyway, have a good one.